The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, Season 4. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it Congratulate them, we know they doubted Somehow we made it up out of the pit Back against the wall, never quit Traversing through each obstacle Show a non-believer what's possible Let nothing they could do stand In between me and my wildest dreams Let's go Nothing that come at us could come in between Life gave me the worst Yet my side grew so green We've been down in the dirt Been tossed in the trash But I never strayed from my path When we're gone we ain't looking back Maybe we were all way too high Maybe that's our fault It's gonna be a crazy time But it's gonna be a fun time Life is boring if you don't take some chances And do some things outside the box Your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice And some fantasy football advice All right, all right, all right. It is Feel Good Friday, October 14th, 2022. Two days away from another slate of NFL awesomeness. So awesome that hopefully it will help us forget the dud of another Thursday night football game we got last night. Curtis Samuel, he broke the heart of so many fantasy gamblers, um, as well as Darnell Mooney breaking the heart of Chicago Bear fans right at the end of it. Here to break it all down and deliver the week six good vibes is me, Seth Woolcock, and my co-host, as always, Nate Polvote. Nate, how are you today, my friend, as we head towards another glorious weekend of football? I'm ready for the weekend. Just worked a book fair at my kid's school. They're selling NFL posters that have DeAndre Hopkins in a Texans uniform, uh, Julio Jones in a Falcons uniform, AJ Green in a Cincinnati Bengals uniform, and Antonio Brown in a Steelers uniform. I feel like we are lying to our children at a very young age. Oh my goodness. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully those are recalled, man. I mean, those are gotta be from what? 2017, 2018. Uh, yeah, right. Shame on the book fair for doing that. Honestly, that's, that's dirty right there. Putting you on blast scholastic. Yes. And they also dirty last night was the uh, Thursday night football game. Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreet, they deserve so much better than what they've been getting. Um, so we hope it will turn around. But Nate, today on the show, we are going to break it down. What does this mean for your fantasy football teams? And then we're going to be joined by Josh Fuster. Um, and he's going to help us do some start sits. So if you guys are new to the show and you want to drop some questions, or if you're a familiar face, please drop those questions in. We'll get to those just around 12 or uh, 145 here on the East Coast. And then we have Dave Stewart, old Dave Fantasy here, one of our IBT family members. He's going to jump on with us and do some sure things, sleepers of the week. We're getting hot at the right time, Nate. Uh, Michael Carter, he hit last week, so I'm hoping to continue to deliver a little low-key goodness to our listeners. Well, you had a good call on Michael Carter. and I think Michael Carter is a guy that we're seeing is going to steal some red zone work. He's going to steal some touchdown work from Brees Hall. So he's a solid play. I, I loved that call. I, I always love Michael Carter, though. What else I love, Nate, is our IBT family always joining us in the chat. Today we have Albert here locked and loaded from the get-go. What's up, Albert? Good afternoon to you. Hope you're having a great, great feel-good Friday. If you guys are new to the show, please like and subscribe this video. Leave us a review on YouTube here or on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you guys get your podcasts. It goes a long, long way. And again, if you do have any fantasy football questions we can help you with, start sits, trades, anything like that, please let us know and we will get to those here in just a little while. But Nate, let's start with the Soldier Field battle that was last night. 12-7 this one ends in the favor of the Washington Commanders. However, the Bears nearly doubled them in yards, my friend. 
but it was two crucial turnovers for Justin Fields um, down in the red zone and a fumble on special teams that lost the Bears this game. But it was a classic Bears game at the end of the day. You wanted no part of it if you were a fantasy football manager because time runs off the clock so quickly. This one was over, I think, by 11 p.m. Eastern time, which barely ever happens. So, Nate, what was your overall feel for this game? Just another stinker, in my opinion. It was ugly, and that's what you're going to get anytime the Bears play. It's a lot of what you're going to get when the Commanders play, too. This defense, The Commanders' defense is bad. But what we saw last night is that Chicago, even against a bad team, can't turn the ball over if they're going to have a chance to win a game. Unless it's the monsoon game all over again. This is just a team you can't trust in fantasy. Nobody's popping. We thought Khalil Herbert was going to be the guy. Seven carries, 75 yards. That's not what you want out of a guy you're probably rolling out in an RB2 slot. Monty looked decent. But there's just nothing you want on this team from a fantasy perspective. And it really showed last night. Well, and it's so hard because Khalil Herbert had some explosive run. He almost got into the end zone on the fourth and one on the goal line. So there was some fantasy value to be had, but you can't confidently start him or Monty knowing who's the guy every week. Last week, Monty got almost all the run. And this week, Khalil Herbert came out, showed a spark, and they kind of stuck with that hot hand. So, yeah, I agree that I don't really want to start either moving forward here. They have two top uh, eight run defenses up next for them, New England and Dallas. So I'm staying clear of those guys, Nate. Um, Justin Fields in this one. It's so hard to judge Justin Fields because some plays he just looks god-awful. And like I don't think he is the, the, the player that a lot of people thought he was coming into the NFL. But other times it's like how can he do anything with a group of scrub-wide receivers who drop a lot of balls and also getting pounded from the the Washington Commanders' defensive line. So it's really hard to judge him. He does go for 12 for 88 on the ground. Uh, Last night, he did have uh, 14 for 27 through the passing game, 191-1 for him. So one of the better fantasy performances of the year that we might get from Justin Fields. But can he really be a spot starter moving forward, Nate? New England, Dallas, Miami on the other side here. Miami's a great matchup, but other than that, it's ugly. Yeah, it's it's not looking good. There will be a few places where I'll feel confident maybe rolling him out in Superflex, but they're going to be few and far between. Here's the thing with Justin Fields. I don't know that it's necessarily all Justin Fields' fault. He's better in space, and the offense isn't getting him space. They need to be rolling the ball out more. Yes. He needs to be getting bootlegs. He needs to be more mobile. He's not a pocket quarterback. And now we've had two coaches and two offensive coaching staffs try and make him a pocket passer He's never going to be that guy. They need to get him out and get him mobile. Yeah, and you know, I think a lot of people owe Matt Nagy a little bit of an apology. I came on the record earlier this year saying that I was concerned that this offense wouldn't be much better. Matt Nagy, when you look at Mitch Trubisky, what he's been doing in Pittsburgh earlier this season, god awful. And it's been awful for the Bears here too. Um, but, I, you know, I think it's just a stay away from the Chicago Bears offense in general here. Cole Komet goes one for 15, wide open in, in the end zone at one point. Fields misses him. Darnell Mooney, 12 targets for him, so that was great to see, but 7 for 68. So the ceiling's still not there. He's available in 33% of leagues if you want to go get him. Um, You know, there was some positives that you did see him get more targets, but, Nate, this is still a a game. I don't want to be a part of this anymore playing against the Bears. Like, last week, I downgraded Adam Thielen. I didn't have many lineups. I said he was my sit because of this. Like, the Bears just run – they got the ball back with like eight minutes left. And by the time they were down there scoring, there's 50 seconds left. Like it's just, it's just the play calling for the commanders. Oh, Nate, it did get a little bit. uh, I mean, they got the win, but Carson Wentz 12 for 22 for 99 yards looked like he injured his hand as well. So not great from Carson Wentz, Nate. 
not surprising. <clears throat> we had heard that he was injured heading into the game that he'd been playing with an injury. Then to go 12 for 22 for 99 yards. Couldn't even get into triple digits against the Bears defense, which as you mentioned, they eat up a ton of clock because they run the ball. But you've got to get more out of Wentz. And if he's hurt, I, do you think they consider maybe rolling Heineke out for a couple weeks to let Wentz get right? I mean, this team maybe. isn't go- this team isn't going anywhere anyway. And from a fantasy perspective, this is they're almost as bad as the Bears. I mean, if you ask me. Well, and Ron Rivera came out last night after the game, if you saw his press conference and all, and he defended Carson Wentz and said that the media needs to get off his back while Rivera came out earlier this week and said himself, what's the issue? Quarterback. So it's kind of a mess there. I mean, we, we have the whole ESPN story that broke yesterday as yes. well, Nate, that, I mean, this is a mess of an organization from the top down. I think that's all we have to say. Dan Snyder's a crook. Um, yes. He's an absolute crook. But, I, I mean, if you want to start anyone from the Washington football team moving forward, I think you can. Uh, at least Brian Robinson, 17 for 60 and 1. Uh, Antonio Gibson got a little bit of run there too, Nate, three for 35, um, on the ground or seven for 35, excuse me, and three for 18, um, through the air. And he might've stole that, uh, pass catching role a little bit from JD McKissick because McKissick had three targets, no receptions. I think your guy JD, uh, might find his way to the bench here real soon for fantasy rosters. He's already found the way to the bench for me. And <laughs> he's my most rostered player checked on dynasty planet the other day. I have 15 shares of the man. Oh. I know, but he was a late round. I was getting him late. My issue with this offense is we don't, I don't know if Robinson's going to get the carries. I don't know if Gibson's going to get the carries or the targets. I don't know if McKissick's going to get carries or targets. And we're not going to know week to week who's going to be the guy. Maybe Brian Robinson will establish himself. I mean, 17 carries for 60 yards is nothing. But if he's consistently 17 carries for 60 yards... 17 carries for 60 yards. Seven, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, it's you want more, you want more production out of him. And to be fair, this is only his second game after getting shot twice in the leg. So yeah. him being a little bit sluggish on the ground, I a friend of mine DM'd me last night. He's like, Why is Brian Robinson so sluggish? Well, the dude's got a lot to do to come back. Yes. But for Let's right see. now, you can't start him. I completely agree. And like the, the thing about Brian Robinson, I'm trying to move him if I have him. I'm trying to sell high on this opportunity. I already have enough Curtis Samuel shares that I'm already nervous about after last night that, you know, I don't want any Brian Robinson. So if there's a league manager who maybe lost an RB in recent weeks, the Javonta manager, someone of that nature, approach them with Brian Robinson after week six here. That is my best yeah. advice. Try and get whatever you can out of these Washington running backs. As far as Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin goes, they're not every week starts by any means, but they are flex options. And Curtis Samuel, Nate, I had the first time touchdown scorer on him. He just needed to squeeze the ball, didn't time it well. And I feel like that's how uh, that's how the betting's gone the last couple of weeks for me. So not surprised by it, but he comes out and lays a stinker, three points for fantasy teams. So um, are, are you confident at all that, that Samuel can bounce back? And Terry McLaurin looked good when he was on the field. However, uh, it, it just didn't translate to a lot of fantasy points once again. Well, here's the problem is that Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel rely on a quarterback who just went 12 for 22 for 99 yards on Thursday night against a Bears defense that he should have at least had 200 yards against. That's an issue. And it's hard to trust these pass catchers when their quarterback really hasn't been effective at getting them the ball. He's shown flashes of doing it, but there's no consistency here. 
Yeah, I think he's uh, I think he's a better blocker. If you saw that on Roquan going into the end zone, um, I think he might be a better blocker than he's a quarterback at this point. Bottom line here with these Thursday night games, guys, hold on hope. Continue the optimism because they will get better. Let's just be thankful uh, football is back on Thursday nights. Um, yeah. However, you know, if you do have these offenses, try to sell. Get out of them as quick as you can if there is someone willing to buy. Um, and, and guys, go ahead and drop your questions in the chat because we're going to go go ahead and move forward into our next segment here, Matchup Management. We're going to bring on an awesome guest right around the corner. Who you got? Matchup Management. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be, Nate? We're going to tell the fine people today. And to do that, we're going to bring in a very special guest, a good friend of the show, a man who tears it up in the fantasy streets and loves to trade because it makes Trading makes fantasy fun. fun! Let's go! I, I wasn't ready for that, but that was a great setup, and I am happy to be here. You two, seriously, two of my best friends in the fantasy space. I love hanging out with you guys. So, Glad Dude, we're talk. stoked to have you. Yeah, Always <laughs> stoked to have you. Pleasure yeah, to have yeah, you yeah. back. Josh, how are you doing today, man? How are the vibes flowing as we head into fantasy football week six? Oh, the vibes are flowing great. Um, um like I I have one league where um I only have one win, but like the majority of my leagues are looking really good. Um, so I'm just loving fantasy football. Um, yeah, yeah, just love just love every Sunday sitting down watching watching the games, watching some red zone and Looking over my teams, definitely getting those wins. You know what I'm talking about? But yes, uh, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, Josh is eating W's over there, guys. So he's going to help you eat some W's as well this week. So go ahead and drop your uh, start sick questions to us. We also have a list that we'll make our way through. Um, but here we have one from Cassius Stylus. Hey um, would y'all trade Ramondre and Lockett for Mixon and Waddle? Wow. Okay. Uh, J- Josh, start us out here, man. This seems like a I, I see. Dump. I see Nate like shaking his head up there. I I'm, I'm doing this trade all day. I know Mixon has been uber disappointing, but I, I may take Mixon over Ramondre rest of season. Now this upcoming week, I, I think Ramondre is going to have a very good week. He'll be very involved until Damian Harris is back. But I'll also take Waddle over Lockett. So I, I prefer both of the pieces, Mixon and Waddle, over Lockett over Ramondre personally. I think this is a reminder not to get too caught up in the short-sightedness. Like, Ramondre is going to smash this week, like Josh said. Lockett has been very consistent, a wide receiver one on the season so far. But Mixon and Waddle, I mean, they're two players when Tua gets back that are going to be dominant, in my opinion. Waddle's been great when Tua's been on the field. And Mixon, you can't argue 25-plus touches every single week. Nate, I know these are two players you really kind of like on the other side, so are you differing with Josh and I here? So... This is kind of hard because I hear what you're saying about thinking long-term is Ramondre better than Mixon rest of season. I think he could be because I don't think we're really going to see Damian Harris again. And this is an offense that's going to want to run the ball. We've seen him do it with Ramondre. Last week he had 160 yards, 22, 25 carries. They run the ball 30 times a game. It's Ramondre, Pierre Strong. They just signed Kevin Harris. So we know Ramondre is the guy as long as Harris is out. And Mixon's been inconsistent. I could go either way on those, but when it comes to Lockett and Waddle, here's my concern with Waddle. He's a very talented player. I'm concerned about what's going on at quarterback. They're rolling out Skylar Thompson this week. We don't have any definitive answers to when two is coming back, and he can't sustain another hit. If he gets another concussion, his season's over. So then you're looking at either Bridgewater or Skylar Thompson at quarterback. And while there's value to be had in Waddle, I think you can get more out of Lockett rest of season. 
It's ris- Waddle's risky because if Tua comes back and smashes, this is obviously a hundred percent Waddle. So Nate, I completely understand, and I love your point of view here, kind of showing us what could be the downside of Jalen Waddle here. Bottom line, though, I trust more of the Cincinnati Bengals offense and the the Miami Dolphins offense over the Patriots, over the Seahawks long term. Maybe that maybe I'm living in 2021. Maybe that's how I feel. But uh, yeah, so so Cash, Josh, and I are saying make this trade if you can get Mixon and Waddle. Nate saying not so fast. So uh, maybe yeah. do a little more research. If you have any other questions for us, let us know today, buddy. Uh, appreciate you joining us here on Friday. And uh, looks like we have Griff in the chat. What's up, Griff? Good to see you today. He is torn between Pickens and IU for his last flex spot in PPR. Josh, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, uh, Pickens has a lot more upside, in my opinion. If everything goes right for him this week, he he, he just has simply has more upside. I, I do think that Ayuk has maybe a somewhat safer floor. And I just like his matchup a little bit better. Pickens, I believe uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who... You know, they're kind of a middling team against fantasy wide receivers, but uh, you, uh, the San Francisco 49ers, are playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, I mean, playing the Atlanta Falcons, who have given up the sixth most points to fantasy wide receivers. So this is a close one. Like I said, I think Pickens has a little bit more upside, but I would probably be going with Ayuk unless I needed that upside, unless I thought I needed a big blow-up game from someone on my team. Yeah, I'm with you, Josh. I love Pickens, and I think he's going to be a star in this league, but the Tampa Bay front is pretty effective at getting at quarterbacks. And that's going to be a problem for Kenny Pickett. We don't know how much time he's going to have to throw. And he's probably not going to be getting down the field a whole lot in this game. He will a little bit, but I think the matchups better. His floor is safer. I, I'm with you. Yeah. Okay. I, You're going I, the other I, way. <laughs> I'll go with you guys. Cause like you do make like, like if I need a safe floor, I would absolutely go, go with Ayuk uh, here. He has had a really solid floor this season. My only concerns with Ayuk versus Pickens is you might be in a hole after Thursday night. You might have played Curtis Samuel. You might have played Terry McLaurin. You might have played Carson Wentz. So if you're in a hole from Thursday night and you need the upside, it's Pickens all day. There's going to be some garbage time down there. We saw it last week with the Bills. Kenny Pickett threw it 50 times. Not that I'm expecting you know a 50 point or a 50 uh, attempt game from Pickett. Um, I, I think it might be a little bit closer than even the books think. But uh, yeah, I, I like the upside of Pickens a lot here. But I understand the concern there, guys. Next one here from Dave. Rashad White or Chase Edmonds? Wow, wow, this is brutal. I hope that this is probably a deeper, uh, a deeper league here. Nate, how do you feel about these two, man? Rashad White, Steelers, and uh, Chase Edmonds, just point one fantasy points last week. Oh, I'm probably gonna go Rashad White. And my reasoning, you're gonna love this. I don't like Chase Edmonds. I think he's, <laughs> I think he's a trap play. He's bitten me. He's bitten me so many times when I was like, "Oh, I'm going to go chase Edmonds," and then he gets like two points. I'm going to say Rashad White. I think we see him get some like receiving work maybe in this game, some change of pace for Fort Leonard Fournette. And if they're up by a ton, Rashad White starts to get junk time carries. So, okay, okay. Do, do you go the same way, Josh, or can you trust Chase Edmonds after a brutal Week Five performance? <sighs> so. So the one thing that gives me like a glimmer of hope, I think the coaching staff just came out and said, Chase Edmonds is going to get more touches going forward. Raheem Mostert, I, he's a little banged up. He, I think he's going to play. I'm not actually worried about Raheem Mostert's availability, but um, I, I guess what it comes down to is I just trust the Tampa Bay's offense, Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense a little bit more. Rashad White's been involved in the passing game. I, I think he has a little bit more upside when it comes down to it. I, I would go Rashad White. I agree. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there, guys. I think the game script is going to call for a little more Rashad White. If they're blowing out the Steelers, I don't think they're going to risk Leonard Fournette. He's been a little banged up as well. So uh, good good luck to you this week, Dave. Um, kind of brutal plays all, all the way around, but uh, Rashad White might have some sneaky upside there for you. Here we have Toronto Dave in the chat. What's up, Dave? Good Dave, to see you. Dave, yes. Feel good Friday, my friend. PPR, Dave says, AJ mm. Dillon or Kareem Hunt? Just for Josh and Nate's answer, since we all know Seth's answer. And listen, Dave, I would normally say, or I, you know, I would normally go all in on AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon's been brutal though. Kareem Hunt has a very nice floor here, so I'm willing to take Kareem Hunt in this. Um, I, I like the matchup a little more. Like I know everyone's kind of calling for the bounce back of AJ Dillon, but if you need a nice floor, Dave, unless you're in a big hole from Thursday night, I'm riding Hunt here. Josh, how do you fare on these two? Ah, the battle of the backup running backs, kind of. So I, my my biggest concern is that Kareem Hunt's playing the New England Patriots, who I do think have a pretty darn good defense. Um, it's a tough one. AJ Dillon, I, you know, they're they're playing the New York Jets, who I have a little bit more confidence uh, that you know the Packers can get up and maybe get AJ Dillon even more involved. But you said it, Seth. I, I think Kareem Hunt has the safer floor. Um, I. I probably lean that way he's been pretty darn consistent even in his worst game he's at least putting up seven fantasy points right (laughs) yeah yeah nate where do you go here patriots is the matchup for kareem hunt i think it's going to kind of be a ground and uh ground and pound game for them i'm going kareem hunt we just aj Dillon isn't getting quite the usage we thought he was going to get and that's a concern plus it's ppr so kareem hunt we know is the more pass catching back in that cleveland offense Awesome. Guys, we have a question from Facebook. Don't get too many of those, so that's awesome Ooh, to see. We have yeah. Alec here. Trade for Najee Harris or Melvin Gordon, full PPR. Rest of season, not just this week. First of all, Alec, thank you for tuning in. Good to see some new faces in the chat. Hope you come over and hang out with us on YouTube as well um, eventually. But I uh, hope you're having a great feel-good Friday. Nate, how do you lean here? Najee Harris, Melvin Gordon, these are both guys we said earlier we didn't want any part of earlier this week. Has your mind changed at all as we head towards the weekend? I think Melvin Gordon's going to get more work. At worst, it's going to be a basically 50-50 split with him and Boone with Murray kind of peppered in. So... I'm probably going to say Gordon. Najee Harris is hurt, guys. He's more hurt than we know. That Liz Frank was a bigger problem for him than I think he let on. And Mike Tomlin said they're going to start including Jalen Warren more. His role is going to increase. I think you have to go Melvin Gordon rest of the season. Josh, are, are, are you backing that with Nate? Or are you going to take the, the volume with Najee? Or are you just going to pass altogether? So I, I'm incredibly nervous about both these guys to be completely honest if we're just talking about this week I, I think I would lean Melvin Gordon but it's a trade and I just think inherently Najee Harris has so much more value uh and if he has just one really good game you could flip him for a lot more than you're gonna flip Melvin Gordon for um if I'm trading for someone I, man that's tough this week I prefer Melvin Gordon but I, I'd rather have Najee Harris on my team. yeah I, I'm gonna pass I'm gonna pass on both of them guys <laughs> like You'd have to hold a gun to my head, honestly, for me to want to trade for either yeah. one of these. Like, yeah. I think there's just better be running backs. Low. Yeah, there's better running backs out there who might be down a little bit. Like Joe Mixon, that that trade earlier, I'd rather go after Joe Mixon than any yeah. of these players. Like, it's just they're not on great offenses, either one of them. So I don't really want to be a part of that. But I understand the the call there, guys. Um, appreciate the question here, Alec. Um, here we have Griff. Another question with him. With Rush, Russ officially listed as questionable here for Monday Night Football. When Saturday rolls around, um, do I start Daniel Jones or take the chance on Russ? 
So he's asking if Russ is listed as questionable on Saturday, do you start Danny Dimes or do you take the chance on Russ? I'm going to take the injury out of this, guys, and I don't think I would start Russ. I just don't think I can trust him in another primetime game with the lat injury now as well. Um, he's actually one of my, my sits of the week, Russell Wilson is, and it's been brutal. And the one thing I like about Daniel Jones, we're not going to see high volume, but he's consistently rushing with the best of them over eight attempts per game. Like he's on Jalen Hurts' 2021 pace for rushing attempts right now. Maybe that slows down, um, but he hasn't had less than 12 fantasy points in a game. And like at this point, that doesn't sound like a lot of fantasy points, but I'm in it for that. And uh, I, I like Danny Dimes a little bit more here, guys. How do you feel, Josh? I, I agree with you, and it, it sucks to say, but, I mean, he's playing the Baltimore Ravens, who are my team, who have given up the second most fantasy points to the quarterback position. And you just mentioned Daniel Jones' running ability. I love it. It's, it's very underestimated, but the also the Baltimore Ravens have given up the eighth most rushing yards to quarterbacks. So, uh, yeah, with the Russell Wilson injury, he scares the hell out of me. I go with Daniel Jones over Russell Wilson. Nate, are you doing it? Can you plug oh, me yeah. in? Jump in? Oh, yeah. I Injury or not. To your point, Seth, I'm starting Daniel Jones anyway. He's been sneaky decent. Is that a thing, being sneaky decent? That's what he's been. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sneaky, Very sneaky decent. Sneaky decent. <laughs> well, and the thing about Daniel Jones is like he has some positive TD regression coming as well for you, Griff. He has not thrown a passing TD since week two. However, he's still putting up very manageable points. He's got a really good matchup this week that allows a ton of fantasy points to the quarterback. So I think he's going to have some positive TD regression. And yes, this Chargers defense for Russell Wilson is not what it was with Joey Bosa just a couple weeks ago, but they still got J.C. Jackson. They still got Jer Derwin James. They still got Khalil Mack and a lot of other really good players. This, this Chargers defense as well, Griff, they also held Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr outside the top 12. They've only allowed one top 12 quarterback this year, and that was Trevor Lawrence when they got dismantled in week three. So, uh, yeah, I, I, we got to go Daniel Jones here. We appreciate the question, though, um, Griff. And then we have uh, Alec weighing in back here. He says he needs another running back. He says he's desperately trying to get rid of David Montgomery. How about Jamal Williams out of Detroit? Josh, are you willing to, to trade for Jamal? Or is there another running back that you could, you know, maybe trade for that you can offer Alec here? I, 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 don't, I, I don't really feel like trading for Jamal Williams makes a lot of sense. I'm not going to give much at all for him. Like, while DeAndre Swift's not playing, sure, he's going to be a pretty darn good running back. And he'll have a role when DeAndre Swift is back, don't get me wrong. But DeAndre Swift is the guy for Detroit. He's a better pass catcher. He'll get at least just as many carries, I, I think more on average once he's healthy. So I, I don't think Jamal Williams is your solution. So that's not someone I would target. Would you target someone like Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Um, he he's kind of been. I would much rather down. have Clyde Edwards-Alaire rest of season than Jamal Williams personally. And Jamal and the Detroit offenses look great. His offensive yeah. the offensive line looks great. Uh, it's a tricky one, but I don't really want to give up much for Jamal Williams unless I have Swift. You know, Nate, would you be interested in Jamal? Any of the other running backs we've talked about, uh, another trade target I'm kind of thinking for Alec as well could be the Jacksonville Jaguars running backs. They've kind of been back and forth as well. <sighs> Trading for James Robinson or Travis Etienne feels tricky to me because <clears throat> we don't know who's who. We just saw Robinson put up a stinker. That's a hard one for me. However, that said, this might be a time that you can go after James Robinson, pay a little bit less. I don't hate going after Jamal Williams. Even when DeAndre Swift comes back, which he's missed a lot of time in the last two and a half seasons. Yeah. I think that's something you got to kind of pay attention to. That's true. Jamal Williams is still going to get the goal line work. 
even when DeAndre Swift is back. Week one, he had, what, 19 fantasy points with DeAndre Swift in. Then in week three, he had 26 fantasy points, and Swift got hurt in that game, or kind of disappeared in that game, I guess. I think Jamal Williams still has RB2 potential, even with DeAndre Swift, because he's he's getting the red zone work. He's getting the goal line work, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it sounds crazy, but I might rather have, have Jamal Williams than Najee or Melvin rest of the season, like, Maybe I'm on an island on that one. Um, he's asking another question here from Alec, basically asking out of this receiver group he's stacked, who does he trade and try and get a running back? Um, he's got Justin Jefferson, Debo Samuel, T. Higgins, Chris Godwin, and Christian Kirk. So a lot of great receiver options here for Alec. I'd be looking at moving Godwin personally. Move Godwin in another piece, try and get a running back. I love all these other receivers a lot. I just don't trust Chris Godwin. More of a health concern than anything. So you're not concerned about Christian Kirk having three targets last week? Because that worries me. Against a Houston defense that he should have had like 15 targets against with the way they've been using him? Houston's cornerbacks are surprisingly decent. And I think maybe that played into the role of of Christian Kirk's dismantling last week. I just think Christian Kirk's, at at this point, he's healthier. Maybe I like the offense almost just as much. Like I don't love the Tampa Bay offense this season, so... Yeah, I, I'm okay with it, Nate. I understand the concern on your end. So you're saying Kirk. I'm saying Godwin. Josh, where do you go? Um, I, I think, so for Kirk and Godwin, I, I think you're kind of trading them a little bit low, you know? So if, if I'm trading one of these guys, I think I might try to shop around Debo Samuel. I don't want to give them away, but I think you can get a lot more for Debo Samuel compared to Godwin and Kirk. And I like your wide receiver core, even if you did trade away Debo Samuel. So okay. if you can get a stud for Debo Samuel compared to Godwin and Kirk, who I just, I just don't think you're going to get as much for. And I'm actually still high on both Godwin and Kirk. I I like Godwin a lot. I love his talent. I think he's going to have a really good season. So Debo would be my answer, I guess. I don't want to give him away, you know, because he's obviously extremely valuable, but, um, and his injury history scares me. So that's who I would be trying to trap. Okay. Alex, so you got some mixed results coming back, but it, it seems like really it depends what kind of running back you want. If you do trade Debo, you can get a much better running back back mm-hmm. than someone like uh, Chris Chris Godwin or Christian Kirk if you decide to trade those guys. So we appreciate the question, Alec. Um, appreciate you tuning in today on Friday. Here's one from Toronto Dave. PPR, Taysom Hill or Zay Jones? And he puts the laughing emoji after Taysom Hill. The yeah, I know. Um, Josh, how do you feel about these two guys, my friend? I, I, I'm going to go Zay Jones here simply because I, I think his production is guaranteed. Taysom Hill, he, freaking awesome game last week, four touchdowns, yeah. but it's just not, that's an outlier. It's an outlier game. Maybe he does, he, he could score multiple touchdown games going forward, but Zay Jones production is just a little bit more guaranteed, especially in a PPR league. I like the targets and receptions he's getting. I would go to Zay Jones over Taysom Hill. Nate? You know, this is a hard one because we're seeing Taysom Hill be their goal line back, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a lot of value in that, if he, even if he's only scoring touchdowns. Whereas Zay Jones, we don't know. He could get 10 targets. He could get two targets. They could go Marvin Jones' way. But I still think I'm going to go Zay Jones. It's the Colts. They dismantled <clears throat> the Colts. Zay Jones had a huge game down That's there. That's true. Jacksonville. It is on the road, so a little bit different. But uh... Yeah, I think I'd go Zay Jones here. Safer play. If you need a ton of upside, again, if you're in a hole, if you played Curtis Samuel like I did in a ton of places last night and you need the upside, you can chase it with Taysom Hill. But let's see one more week. I need This is a huge week for Taysom Hill. 
if he can prove that he is the guy and maybe can get a reception or two, because that's the bottom line, guys. He he only gets rushing attempts right now. And while that's great, if you can bust out a big play or get in, in pay dirt, if you don't, you know, you're, you're looking at less than a two-point game. So uh, keep that in mind. Toronto Dave, we appreciate your question as always, our friend. Here we have a new face in the chat, I believe. It is A. What's up, A? Hope you're having a great feel-good Friday. He is looking to make a trade here. Side A for A is Fournette, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, CH. And he and the trade would be to get back Keenan Allen, Hopkins, Montgomery, and Deontay Johnson. I think this is a slam dunk in one way. Josh, you're shaking your head. What do you think? I'm just trying to break it down. Um, my my initial instinct is to go side A, actually. Um, so that that's kind of where I'm going. I, I think I'm trying to break it down real fast in my head, though. Yeah, so. I, I'm with you, Josh. I, I think yeah. Leonard Fournette is probably the best player in this deal that's coming back. I can't trust Keenan Allen. Hopkins is coming back. And, you know, while it could be great, the Arizona offenses look kind of stale at times. Monty and Deontay, they're just solid flex plays at this point for me. Nate, how do you, how do you feel about this one? So I'm with you. We don't know when Keenan Allen's going to be back on the field. I am hopefully this week, but it's not sounding like it. I can't have any confidence starting him this week. And guys, let's be honest. DeAndre Hopkins wasn't that great last season. Yeah, he, he, he wasn't. Touchdowns. He wasn't new. Touchdowns. Yeah. Yes. And then Monty and Deontay. I love Deontay, and like you said, Seth, he's a solid flex play. But with Kenny Pickett, we he's a rookie. He's had. He's going to struggle. And then you got Fournette, Metcalf, Lockett, Ceh. Well, I don't love the Ceh part. Fournette, DK, and Lockett kind of sell me on side A. Okay. All right. Awesome question, A. We appreciate you tuning in today, man. Hope you stick around for some sleepers later on. Hope you subscribe and come back and watch the show moving forward here. Here we have Luscious, our guy. Uh, Is this Luscious? This is Lucius. Lucius. It's It's Lucius. I I like calling him Luscious. You can call him Luscious. The proper pronunciation is Lucius. This is a Luscious question, you know? It is. Okay. Okay. We'll just go with Lucius. We're going to call you Luscious. Hope you don't mind. All right, Luscious. Here we go. How did trade requests come into him? It's him giving up Lazard and Kyle Pitts for Ertz and Juju. His receiving core is Debo, Marquise Brown, and A.J. Brown. Pitts has been killing him all season. And I will start off by saying this, my friends. Zach Ertz has been phenomenal, but this might not keep up because Hopkins is coming back. And Zach Ertz has dominated the red zone touches for, or the red zone targets for the Arizona Cardinals. So, I can't do this. I, I, Juju is honestly, in my opinion, a downgrade to Alan Lazard. And he, he's no better than MVS at this point in this offense. So I can't do this. If you want to trade Kyle Pitts, I think you can get more for him um, than just this. Nate, how are you feeling? I mean, I agree. You can probably get more. But that said, Zach Ertz, when he joined the Cardinals last season and Nuke was healthy, he was the tight end five in the period but DeAndre was, Hopkins wasn't there for a lot of that too, Nate. I guess Hopkins was hurt. But even when Hopkins was in, we saw Ertz being a primary target, like we're seeing now. I don't care about Hopkins coming back. It doesn't ding anybody in this offense for me. He's been out for six games. We don't know. It's like with the Will Fuller situation. Great season, gets hurt. We find out he did PEDs. He's barely been on the field because he can't keep himself okay, on the field. Okay, but you can't. You can't and I don't know that that's necessarily the case, but it's something to be mindful of is that we don't know what we're getting when we get Hopkins back. And I think that Ertz is going to maintain value. That said, I still wouldn't make that trade. I want more than Juju back for Lazard and Pitts. I'll take Ertz, 
but get a better receiver in that trade. Okay. Josh, how do you feel? I'm kind of lining up. I, I mean, I would rather have Lazard over Juju, so that kind of sucks. But, I mean, at this point, I, there's no doubt in my mind. I'd rather have Ertz than Kyle Pitts. I understand what you guys are saying. Like, I'm a little bit nervous about Ertz's floor uh, mm. when DeAndre Hopkins comes back. But even if he loses a little bit, he's playing better than Kyle Pitts has been playing. Um, I'd rather have Ertz than Kyle Pitts. Lazard and Juju are very similar. I would be trying to get more or maybe wait. You can't wait on pits. You need wins. I, I, I'm I, fine with the trade. I'd probably Okay. Trading makes fantasy fun. Am I right, Josh? I know. that That's what it comes down to. When it's so even, I'm going to just be like, yes, because it's fun. <laughs> there we go. There we go. We got Isaac back in the chat today. What's up, Isaac? Hope you're having a great Friday as we take you into the weekend. He says, I have Keenan Allen. Do you think he'll play? And should I pick up Josh Palmer just in case Keenan gets rolled out? Um, or the game time decision going into Monday night football. So this is a great question from our guy, Isaac here. I'm not a doctor, so I can't tell you if Keenan <laughs> Allen's going to play, but I can refer you to one. I can give you that little referral. Go over to Twitter, follow Deepak Krona. That is our guy, sports MD analyst. Um, Nate, what do you think about this question? Because I definitely think you can pick up Josh Palmer. If you have Keenan Allen, you should already have Josh Palmer in your roster. So I can't disagree with that, but uh, I can't give any medical advice here. You know, we're getting such mixed <clears throat> information about what's going on with Keenan Allen. <clears throat> go follow Deepak. He'll give you better idea than we can. That said, go get Josh Palmer. Can't hurt if you've got the roster spot. And, and Keenan was at practice yesterday, but still limited in right. his capacity. So not a full go. Josh, any, any thoughts on this one here? Uh, yeah, pick him up. I don't think Keenan Allen plays, but if he does play, I think that's a great sign that he's ready to go and he's going to be all for some production at the very least. So I, I would play Keenan Allen if he's good to go. If not, I, I don't think so. So pick up Josh Palmer. Okay. Jay Palmer is the way to go here. Josh, we appreciate your time very much today, our friend. We hope you had a good time as well as we roll into the weekend. Where can we find you? What are you up to this season? And what's next mm. for Joshua Fuster here? I mean, follow me on Twitter. It's right below my face here at Josh Fuster. Pretty simple. Um, I've, I've been just doing videos for the 33rd team pretty much over, over the course of the season. I post most of them on Twitter. Uh, nine, 95% of them you can find on Twitter. Um, I've really enjoyed making those for the 33rd team. Most are just short, quick hitting content, but I think you get some of my you know, personality and good information in a short period of time. So check them out. Follow me on Twitter. Let's go. The TikTok's been over there, man. Yeah, it's been popping yeah, over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, keep doing your thing, man. Um, what's the weather like in Maryland? It's beautiful over here in Pennsylvania. So you can have it, a fun weekend out there. It's probably very similar to Pennsylvania. I'd say it's like 69 degrees nice. Uh, and we're just we're just chilling. Um, so it's nice. I'm probably going to go walk my dog right now. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Well, Josh, have a fun weekend. Be safe, our friend. And we'll see you back soon. We appreciate you being here. Hey, with guys. Us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Absolutely. Take care, Josh. Awesome to see him today, Nate. Let's go ahead and jump into short things, sleepers of the week. Keep the questions coming, guys. We'll answer some more with our guest on the other side of this awesome drop from Nate Miller. It's the short thing. Sleepers of the week. Thing, sleepers of the week this is your thing our friends we're going to tell you some sleepers that you need to be putting in your lives or at least considering them if you need a pivot play 
But first, let's go ahead and welcome on our Sure Thing Sleepers of the Week guest. He is a contributor here at In Between Media, plays a huge role in what we do. He has a weekly column about parenting, about fantasy football, deep league start. So he's perfect for this segment. Guys, let's go ahead and welcome on our good friend, Dave Fantasy. What's up, Dave? How's it going, guys? Good What's to up, be buddy? here. Good to have you today, man. How are you doing? What's going on this Friday? Busy weekend for you and uh, your twins this weekend. Um, mostly for them, actually. Yeah, they have the day off school today, so they're going to take a little mini vacation to go hang out with Grandma and Grandpa. We're going to cool. drive them out to Oregon this afternoon. Very cool. Nice. Very cool. Well, Dave, we appreciate you being here. Before we jump into some short things, Sleepers of the Week, we got our guy Cade Smith in the chat. What's up, Cade? Thanks for tuning in today. If you're new to IBT here, please hit that like, hit that subscribe. We're going to give you some awesome advice here this afternoon. Should I trade Mark Andrews for Hill and Zeke? I need a little clarification on Hill, but I'm guessing that is Tyreek Hill and not Taysom Hill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope. I wouldn't do it if it's Taysom, for sure. Uh, I don't think I'd do it even if it's Tyreek. It depends Maybe on that, what you need. Yeah. I, I, think it, I think it depends on what you need here. but Well, in league, I, league construction. And that's one of the things, guys. When you're asking us these questions, please give us as many details as possible about the league. PPR, tight end premium. 10 team, 12, tight end premium. Yes. Like, what are we looking at here? Because that helps us make a decision. Because okay. if this isn't a PPR league, I probably do take that Hill-Zeke side. Because you're talking yards, which Andrews is a touchdown target hog, but you're going to get more yards between the two. It is Tyreek. He has Dallas Goddard as well. So, yes, I I would do this, but I would maybe, if, if there's a better running back, you can get back yeah. instead of Zeke. I will say, I think Zeke's going to have a really good week. He's my start of the week as far as running backs. I think he's going to have a good game against the Philadelphia Eagles. So, I'm very okay with this. Um, however, I think Zeke lacks that upside. It's a 10-man man yeah. redraft, half PPR, Cade saying. We appreciate that. Um, wow. Okay. So I, I would be fine with this. I, I would be fine yeah. with this, but you have to be in a good spot because you might not get great production from Tyreek Hill with Skylar Thompson this week if Tyreek is 100% as well. So if you're like th three and two, four and one, five and oh, and you feel really good about your team, go ahead and make this move. I'm okay with it. Dave, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Uh, Everything that you said there, you know, I do like the fact that he has Goddard as a backup for Andrews. You know, I mean, that's yeah. a that's a huge factor of this for me. So, um, would you try and see if you could get a different running back for him, though? He, yeah, uh, it looks like I mean, he put another comment here about uh, they'd offer Damian Zeke Harris or Damian Harris. Yeah, I would much rather have Zeke. Zeke. Zeke yeah. yeah. I am too. I'm I'm with you on that too, but it's, you know, interesting. Here's my best advice, Cade. Do this trade, flip Zeke after this week if you can. Yeah. I do think Zeke's going to have a big week. This might be his last I big spot at a big week with a lot of volume before Dak comes back. So, yeah, take this trade, flip him if you have to. I, I mean, you're still getting a, a top 15 player back in Tyreek. So, Nate, no yeah. harm, no foul on this one. Yeah, no harm, no foul. And trading makes fantasy fun. That's what Josh is right. So uh, <laughs> let's keep that in mind here. We, we have Cade with another question. Should I trade Brandon Cooks, Deontay, and Olave for Devontae? Have Jamar Chase and AJ Brown. That's too much. That's too much yeah. for Devontae. Yeah. I think that's way too much because you're giving up. I mean, now Cooks has been great, but Cooks is going to be decent. But Chris Olave, Michael Thomas is done. Let's get that out of the way. 
He's not Forget done. That Mike, you, you can't say that. I feel like I can. I feel pretty confident. We talked about it on the player profiler show last night. I'll be surprised to see him again this season. <clears throat> These injuries are lingering. He doesn't seem like he really wants to be on the field. And even if he is, Chris Olave, man, has just been so good. And I, I love Devontae, but we've seen issues with him in Vegas. And he pushed that cameraman. I mean, he's in a world of trouble right now. Okay. Whether you agree with it or not. So, f- first of all, this, this question uh, or this comment from <laughs> Isaac, he said, bro has everybody. Yes, you got a really nice team here, Cade. I'm okay with doing this trade because then you have three absolute monsters. Like, Brandon Cooks, the best he's going to be, it looks like, is a low-end wide receiver, too. We are wrong about him. Deontay Johnson, low-end wide receiver, too. I would probably try to trade someone else instead of Olave. If you can do the same trade with maybe someone a little less than Olave, because I still love Olave. Like like Nate said, Michael Thomas is going to be banged up. Um, so I, I'm okay with uh, I'm okay with making this move for Devontae. Uh, from what I've read from Drew Davenport, it's going to be a one-game suspension and a hefty fine or just a very hefty fine for this. So I'm not losing sweat. Have Matt Collins on your bench if you do do this trade. Dave, how do you feel about it for Cade? Or I'm there with Nate mostly. I think this is, is too much to give. I don't like giving up uh, all three of these guys. I was kind of thinking it over in my head if I would do it for like two of these guys. And that seems more realistic, you know, and I could almost argue any two of them. But, but yeah, you know, Devante is going to score big points. He's going to have those big weeks. So, you know, it definitely is a, is a boost to the lineup overall to have Devante, I think, because these other guys, Cooks, Deontay, Olave, uh, I don't think they have nearly the kind of ceiling on a week-to-week basis that Devante has. So, Certainly. Of course. You know, I think... I think yeah, if I'd, you can get it done for Cooks and Deontay, what do you think, Dave? Yeah, see, I'm fine with that. I would be, like I said, I'd be fine with almost any two of these three, and I would make the trade. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I would, yeah, I, w- I would prefer to ship Deontay Cooks over Olave right now. Um, Kate also saying he's in a, a league with his girlfriend. Hey, Nate and I are both there. Dave plays <laughs> yeah. with his daughter, so we know how it is over here. Um, he doesn't want to fleece her. So he's giving her Deontay and Brandon Cooks for CeeDee Lamb pretty fair. It's it's yeah. fair. I, yeah. I, I, I think yeah, it's fair. fair. Like, I... I, I you know, I, I don't I still like CD the best player, but Brandon Cooks and Deontay, they're low end wide receiver twos at this point. So yep. I'm fine with it. If she needs depth, I don't think it's unfair. And, and Katie says last question, LOL. Don't ever feel like you're asking us too many questions. We love the questions yeah. here on That's our what Twitter we're here channel. For. Yeah, absolutely. We're here to help you make good lineup decisions, have fun while doing it. So never feel bad about too many questions, man. Um, here we have Dave in the chat saying, start sit PPR. Hello, Dave. No question. That was it. We appreciate that. And then Isaac's just making a comment. He says, I'm in a 10-man PPR league, and one of the owners who started own five gave up and dropped all of his players. Oh, jeez. Uh, My team now, Kirk Cousins, CMC, Saquon Barkley, Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown, Kelsey, and CD. I'm projected 144. All I'm going to say <laughs> is, like, good for you, Isaac. I'm, I, I'm glad you're making the best out of the situation, but – I would never play in a league with someone like that ever again. I would like, I don't want to say when I, end, I would end their friendship, but I would be pretty peeved off, honestly. Like mm-hmm. if this ruins an entire league, right? And you're doing this. If you're 0-5, just ride it out. Like if 
you know, at least set your lineup. Like if you don't want to do waivers anymore, whatever, but do not drop all your players. Do, do not start, stop starting people. Like, I don't know. I, I just hate that guys. Cause I was in a league like that when I was in like eighth grade and it drew me up a wall. Yeah, no, that's bad. I saw something earlier, another person talking about a league they were in. They didn't realize that when you pick someone up off of waivers, it was a late round keeper in the league and they got mad and left. Know your league rules. Uh, and yes. look, yeah. if, if yeah. you're not going to keep playing at 0-5, you shouldn't be playing fantasy football. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and then Cade saying here, Def Sub, thanks, boys. Hey, thank you, Cade, for oh, tuning awesome. in. Hope you're having a great feel-good Friday with us, man. And that's what we're about here, man. Like, we're about the good vibes. We talk about lifestyle advice. We want to help you win your fantasy championship. We're going to help you win some cash along the way. But really, we just want you to have a fun time. And, like, getting your girlfriend involved in a league, well done, Cade. Cool. Well Yes, that is awesome. I've loved fantasy football for a long time, but Nate, I I think you can attest to this too. When I got my girlfriend Katie into it two years ago, it has been immensely more fun doing it with her. We sit there on Sundays. We react together, the highs, the lows, everything in between, guys. It's so much fun. So uh, awesome to see that, Nate. Yeah, I love that. I love it when couples, couples who play fantasy football together stay together. Yep, I I completely (laughs) agree. Dave, we do have you for our Sleepers of the Week segment. And no pressure on this. No pressure at all. But all I'm going to say here, I'm heating up right now. Nate and I are tied in the standings this season. We're we're batting just around 40% with these Sleepers. And our guests have yet to hit it. They've been oh so close. Two weeks ago, Akash, he made it to 9.9 points. And then Sterling Shepard got hurt. So he was close. And then Bob Harris came in last week. And he gave us Zach Wilson. We were looking for a top 15 QB. He was 17, QB 17. So we've been very close, but you do specialize in this, Dave. This is kind of what role you play for us here at IBT. So we're going to be the one yeah. to crack the code. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I was I was with Bob actually last week on on Zach Wilson. I wrote about him in my column. So that was a good. It was, there was a lot of good thought behind that. But yeah, I think I have somebody picked out for you here today. Okay, so. bring it to us, Dave. I'm going first, huh? Okay, okay. So. I want to talk about Alec Pierce, the wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. This guy is emerging part of their offense. Over the last three weeks, we've seen an increase in every every major measurable stat, basically. Targets, receptions, uh, yardage, most significantly target share. In fact, his target share last week against Denver, even though it was kind of a sloppy game, they were trying to get the ball to him. His target share was 25%, which is awesome you know uh and on the season he's three for three on deep targets which for this classification counts as uh 20 or more yards in the air so they're trying to get the the ball to him you know down the field when you're looking for a sleeper you know if you have a guy who's got big play potential that's just perfect because then he can get you the points you know in one or two you know large play opportunities you know uh one thing that alec has not done yet is score a touchdown. So I think that, you know, it's, he's due eventually, you know, it's going to happen. Now he does have a pretty uh, decent matchup this week against Jacksonville. However, you got to get a little bit leery when it is a divisional game. You know, a lot of times, you know, those games tend to the under hits on divisional games a lot more often than it does, you know, in non-divisional games. So that's the only kind of thing that gives me a little bit of uh, 
pump the brakes attitude on Alec Pierce, but I just think that his role in the offense is expanding every week. You know, he's a rookie, so that only kind of yes. makes sense. You know, you work him into the offense and give him more and more as he uh, as he produces, as he you know shows that he's competent with it. But yeah, I think that Alec Pierce against Jacksonville, I like it a lot. Well, you know what? I think the most important thing that we saw with Pierce last week was that Matt Ryan started to use him and trust him when they were trying to hold on to that yes. lead and win the mm-hmm. game. Pierce was the guy he was looking for all over the field in the second half. That's important. That right. means this is a guy who's going to get consistent volume. He Ryan trusts him. There isn't a whole lot else going on in this offense. I, this is a really good call, Dave. I like this call as well, Dave. Good, good work on it. And we're here. We have Isaac in the chat saying he's got to head out for us today, boys. He said he drives thirty minutes to college every day. Congrats to you, man. Keep working on that education, Isaac. Um, but he says he likes to pop in here every once in a while and listen while he drives. We really appreciate that, man. Nice. We yeah, appreciate awesome. all the IBT family. We, we've had some really solid listeners over the last couple of years, and now we're getting this this new influx of them who are tuning in each and every week. So we appreciate you, Isaac. We'll be here for you all season long, buddy. Uh, ha- have a good day at college, man. Have a great Friday evening up there as well. Um, I like this call, Dave. Good luck to you this week. I think this is the week that breaks it. I'm going to be honest. I am very confident in you, Dave. Nate, <laughs> you have been a tight end warrior. And and we love tight ends here at IBT. Don't get me wrong. I I we, I we think we almost exhaust the tight end position sometimes here at IBT. But you take it to another level. You've rolled out a lot of tight end sleepers this year. They've hit a couple times. They've been close to hitting a, another couple times. Last week, Jawan Johnson did not play, pay off for you, but who do you have for us here in week six? Well, first, I'd like to explain myself. Why do I like tight ends so much? It's because this position is completely effed this season. If you, you missed out, like right? So if you missed out on Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews early on in your drafts, let's say a lot of people were taking, like, who's a good example here? Darren Waller, who is tight end 14. He scored 39 and a half PPR points so George far this Kittle, season. Dalton Schultz, yeah. All, Kittle, Schultz, game. Hawkinson, Ertz, Godert round out the top five at 63 points. We go from 111 points, Travis Kelsey, to 65 for Hawkinson at tight end three. This is why I talk about it, because a lot of us bought into guys, Kyle Pitts, Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox, earlier in drafts as our tight end one, who either aren't playing or aren't producing. But there are other guys out there who are on a week-to-week basis. This week, it's going to be Evan Ingram, guys. Now, this I never thought this was a name that would come out of my mouth as someone you should be playing, especially when you went to Jacksonville. They already had Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold isn't a thing. Evan Ingram, though, he had, what was it, 12, point, 12, 12 PPR points last week, 14.9 PPR points last week. Season-high 10 targets. He's getting the work. And I think he's going to continue to be involved in this offense. But here's the biggest part. Indians sixth worst in the league against tight ends. Yep. Good coaches like Doug Peterson hammer a team's weakness. So I think we can expect to see Evan Ingram probably with another 10 targets. I think we can get a 10 to 15 point performance out of him, which could make him the tight end three on the week. That's how bad and how desperate we have been for some of these names to pop off. So there you have it. Evan Ingram. Okay. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago on the tailgate show, I think it was week two, I brought up Evan Ingram and both scolded me for it. And Evan Ingram went out and had a big day. So, you know, it's not going to be flashy. It's not going to no. be sexy, but it's going to be Evan Ingram. So uh, enjoy the ride while you can. But, Nate, I, I do like this call. How do you feel about it, Dave? 
I like it. Yeah, you know, Bo has sort of an intense dislike for Evan Ingram, so I, I there's something or anything there. I say. <laughs> true, true. Well, um, no, I like it a lot because you were already mentioning, you know, his big uh, target share last week. You know, when he got he saw ten against uh, Houston, but last time that they played Jacksonville, he also or not played Jacksonville. They are Jacksonville. What I meant to say last time they played Indianapolis uh, was his second just target share of the of the season you know he saw eight that week um so overall i think that i'm right there with you that they're gonna see this as a weakness obviously the colts have struggled against tight ends this season and i think that they're gonna take advantage of that i'm you know kind of not not so secretly you know in love with trevor lawrence you know i I really am expecting big things from him throughout this season so right you know anytime that you know we can get into the jacksonville passing game it always kind of peps me up a little bit you know but yeah i would i definitely like to play evan ingram this this week if you're looking for a tight end i think that's a really good call there we go there we go nate seth Seth, i have i have questions yes about your pick Okay, well, before we get there, let's answer a question in the chat. We got our guy, Yee, not Kanye West, just Yee here in the YouTube chat. What's we up, don't Yee? know. It could be Yee. It could. I mean, it's an all-black screen, so we don't know. You we never know. know. Yee, we hope you're having an awesome Feel Good Friday, man. We appreciate you tuning in, hanging out with us today. Yo, pick one. Flex, full PPR. Kirk, Stevenson, Moster, Olave. Oh, that's a good that's tough. I think if you want upside, you chase Stevenson here. But I, I think Kirk and Olave. If Olave's going, they're both really the best floor plays here. But Stevenson should rumble in this one hard, Nate. I think yeah. I know where you're going. Oh, I'm Stevenson all the way. Dave? Yeah, I think I think me too because you know it looks like Harris is going to miss the game again, so he's going to be uh, getting most of the work. And obviously, with Bailey Zappi as the quarterback. Yes. They're not going to want to, you know, lean on the passing game. They're going to want to lean on the running game. So, yeah, I think Stevenson would be my choice, too. Although, you know, I got to admit, I'm a little excited at the idea of Mostert, too, because he's really been getting a lot of run there. Little banged up, though. Little banged up. I I think he is going to be active, but he is a little banged up right now. But, yeah, I I, I agree with that. Dave here in the chat saying, Dave, high key high on T-Law. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) uh, We appreciate the question, man. We we hope you start Ramondre Stevenson. I think that's the play for you. Good luck with you. Um, Stick around, man. We still got some good content here. Hope you subscribe to the channel. Hang out with us some more this season. Guys, I'll round us out, though, with my sure thing sleeper of the week. And I know this was going to draw some questions from the fans because it's a very off-brand take. But listen, guys, I'm not here to be on-brand. On, on I'm here to be real with you. I'm here to give you the best league-winning, week-winning advice I can. And I want any price of admission I can get to this Bills-Chiefs game. High over-under, 54, best on the slate this week. And that includes starting my guy, Marquise Valdez at Valdez Scantlin. MVS, as they call him. And MVS has been solid this year. 8.9 PPR points per game. He only busted really bad one week, and that was in that really off game for the Chiefs. So I'm liking what he can do. He's coming off a, a pretty good game last week, six receptions. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I'm liking what he can do here. And the thing I, I really like about this game in particular is the Bills secondary is banged up, guys. Micah Hyde out for the season. And then Jordan Poyer might play this one. The ball hawking safety, absolute dog out there. If he is, 
Yeah. But cornerbacks Christian Benford, Cameron Lewis, also limited in practice as of yesterday on Thursday. So something to keep in mind there. The Bills secondary might not be 100%. And last time these guys played, well, 10 total touchdowns scored between the two of them. So I want any price of admission I can get, guys. And that includes playing the haunted MVS. I don't hate it. This Kansas City team, the wide receivers are so hard to grade. You think this is the week MVS goes off? I'll buy it. He went. He went off last week too. That was the thing. Like not yeah, went yeah. off, but you know he at least delivered for you. So, yep. Dave, are, are you feeling good about MVS? Because at this point, I don't see a huge difference between him and Juju. Which, as a as a fan of football, it kind of hurts because I've loved Juju, <laughs> and I know you have too. And I've hated MVS. And but right. but now you know I'm, I'm I'm maturing a little bit here, Dave. Are you maturing as well? Well, I I never would use the words feel good uh, in a sentence about MVS because it's hard to feel good about him, but you're right. I mean, he did really kind of go off last week. He got his uh, most targets so far of the season with eight targets last week and came close to hundred yards. I think he got 90 total yards. So, I mean, it was a pretty solid game. Uh, He did look more, he did kind of look like the, the top receiver on the team last week. You know, he did look more explosive than Juju which I kind of think, you know, that's, I think that's what this, the Chiefs wanted out of Juju when they got there was sort of the recapture that early career Juju when he had the 90 plus yard reception touchdown and, you know, plays like that. They were trying to, they were looking for that. And I think that honestly, at this point, MVS brings more of that to the table. So, you know, I, I don't hate it. I certainly don't hate it. And the fact that, you know, he's another one who's due for a touchdown is, Yep. Yep. The, the, that, you know, the, the positive regression is coming. And so, no, I, I appreciate it guys. Um, we got Dave here in the chat. He's saying Seth always keeps it real. Yes, sir. That's what we try to do here. We appreciate you. Dave he says, honestly, a really good call, Seth. Well, Dave, I appreciate you calling that there a good go. call. Our friend guys, this about does it for us today. Um, hey, if, call- if I could real quick, I just yes, found absolutely. something I wanted, I wanted to show you guys. Yes, yeah, certainly. That's the poster they're peddling at my child's school. <laughs> oh. Is that Adam oh. Thielen? At least there's one guy who's still on his team. He's the only guy that's still on his team or in the league. Yeah, that's Odell Beckham right there, right? He's not even on a team at that all. Right is. That's <laughs> him with- For our listeners who are listening to the audio version, go follow Nate on Twitter. Find him, and you can see this poster. It is all these old school wide receivers from about four or five years ago. Um, post that later on, Nate, to, to let those uh, audio listeners know what that is. That's absolutely hilarious. A um, couple more questions here for us, guys. Uh, just comment here from Cade. Going to give you guys my whole team, and I'll ask, if uh, if I should make any moves, hey man, that's all right. We're always here to help you. Um, just let us know, man, how we, how we can best assist you and continue to do so. Then we have Joe here. What's up, Joe? Hope, hope you're having an awesome Feel Good Friday. We appreciate you tuning in to the channel today. Would you trade two of these guys, Cooks, Lazar, DJ Moore for Debo? Three flex PPR league. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Get out. If Dude, someone I trade all three of them. If someone if someone's <laughs> no, no, willing, DJ Moore. If someone's willing to trade me for DJ Moore, I will absolutely get out. Get out while you get can. Yes. The ship, I've been talking it for three weeks. I thought Matt Roll was getting fired. The ship was going to sink. I don't trust PJ Walker any more than I do Baker. So, uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so I, I, I got to get out of DJ Moore. Whoever you like out of Lazard and Cooks more rest of the season, be my guest. I, I don't really have a, a lean there either way. Nate, how do you feel about this? 
get rid of more. I think any of those two, I would even be willing, like I said earlier, to move all three to get Debo. Because I think he has more value than all three of those guys combined. More upside. No, I said keep DJ Moore, but that was sort of in jest. I am eternally optimistic about DJ Moore, so it kind of breaks my heart to see how things are going for him. But yeah, if it was me, I would definitely be comfortable trading DJ Moore and either one of these guys, but I'd probably aim to keep Lazard. I just think I he's think got I a little bit more I think yeah, he has upside more touchdown equity. season. Yeah, more TD equity for him. I, I agree. Cooks has been disappointing. I touted him as a, a high-end wide receiver too, so that's on me, guys. I'll, I'll take that one. Joe, we appreciate your question, though, our friend. We hope you subscribe to the channel and tune back in. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday, Connor and I, with the DFS tailgate that you guys filled in so brilliantly for us last week, so we appreciate that. And then, Nate, you and I and Scott will be back on Tuesday with our waiver show, let people know what's going on in the fantasy football landscape following week six. Feel good Fridays, feel goofy Fridays, whatever you guys want to call it here. We'll be back here very soon. Hope everyone has a great week six. Be safe out there. Have a lot of fun this weekend. It's beautiful here in Pennsylvania. We hope it is out there wherever you are tuning in for as well. Thanks all. Have a great day. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice. 